1: We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America-wide? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio 630
0: Chat. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you here on Oilers Now. Angie Quinnell working the board for us back at the 630 Chat Studios. Brendan Escott chipping in along with Reed Wilkins in terms of gathering some of the audio for today's show. Uh, we will tell you that tomorrow, Brendan will host the show as I'll be on the bird flying to Montreal, uh, departure time. We'll see. Some guests and Oilers now receive gift certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night in the town, every meal is an occasion at Roost Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. 9990 Jasper Avenue. Uh, Roost Chris. Tell Brendan, Chris, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you. Our Oilers now headliner today is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. Visit gcldiesel.com. Former Edmonton Oilers player, current NHL hockey and Rogers analyst, Louis DeBrusque. Hi, Louis. How you doing?
1: I'm doing well today, Bob. How are you doing?
0: Good. Hey, uh, just before we get to the orders, and there's lots to talk about Edmonton, uh, Jake and the Boston Bruins took on the Colorado Avalanche. Feisty game last night. Uh, <laughs> not quite the end result the Bruins were hoping for, but Colorado's got a heck of a team. That was a, it was a fun game, wasn't it?
1: It was, yeah. You know what? I think that hit set the tone and kind of uh, created that buzz early on by Taylor Hall on Nathan McKay, time the player of Nathan McKinnon's caliber gets knocked out of a game that early. I mean, the replay showed that it was the stick that came up and caught him. Caught him pretty bad. He was in some distress going off the ice, but uh, yeah, it just had a little bit of a nasty edge to it after that. I know the Avalanche really tried to push back to engage, tried to get Boston to bite on that type of a game, but they didn't, and they came up with a 3-1 lead that uh, eventually the Avalanche were able to uh, claw back into it and win it in overtime, so... I mean, that's what they've done. I think they've won 17 in a row now at home um, this year. So pretty, uh, pretty impressive the way they've
0: been able to play at,
1: at their home ice. And it was a good game, though. It was exciting. It was uh, back and forth to two uh, pretty solid teams.
0: All right, so that's uh, that's cut to the chase here, uh, involving the play of Taylor Hall and Nathan McKinnon. It, it was an automatic, yep. Louis, when you played. Uh, if you ended up with the collateral damage of the result that occurred with McKinnon, one of the best players in the world, and Taylor Hall's a really good player too, but you were going to have to take a – I'll take it one step further. In men's league, if you happen to pick off and drill the best player on the other team, you are probably going to have to fight a dude in mids league 25, 30 years ago. The fact that Taylor, I mean, Nate McKinnon, or, you know, Nate McKinnon's a top five player in the world. Taylor's probably, won, I mean, Taylor's won a hard trophy. Nate McKinnon's not won a hard trophy yep. in his career. Um, all that said, is this a byproduct of a different time that Hall doesn't take the fight there from Gabriel Anaskaga? What'd you think? Uh, it's 100% a
1: byproduct because he wouldn't have had a choice 20 years ago. <laughs> Sorry, but he wouldn't have gotten off the ice without somebody grabbing him. Like, there's just no way it wouldn't have happened. I mean, there, there certainly would have been probably a couple fights on the plate. It's just the way it was. Somebody would have come over, it would have taken a two, five, and ten and been done with it. But Whether or not he drops his gloves is still his decision, but I think that he would have had to certainly defend himself. I know there's going to be a lot of people, Ah, you shouldn't have to fight after a clean hit. Well, you know what my um, opinion is on that. I just, you know, you can have that opinion all you want, but like I said a million times before, when you see your buddy get blown up in front of you, it doesn't make you happy. It makes you angry. So um, you want retaliation. You want redemption. And I think that's what the Avalanche are trying to go for. There's a part of me that I agree with you. I kind of want to see him just grab onto Landeskog or somebody and wrestle him to the ice. You don't have to throw punches. Just like he's a strong guy. I mean, he's fought once before. It didn't turn out well for him. We all remember that back in the day when he's in Edmonton Order. I get that. But you know what? It's. It, it, if you stand up for yourself, what's, what's the recourse after that? There's not a whole lot they can do. And that's why, you know, I look at Jacob Truba this year and the hits that he's thrown out. He's been blowing people up. He's totally changed my opinion of him as a player, though, because you know what he does? When somebody comes calling afterwards, he drops the gloves and he, and he answers the bell. What are you going to do? What's your recourse after that? Nothing. Zero. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, I blew up one of your players and I put him out of the game. Yeah, I answered the bell. What else do you want? Let's go. So, I mean, call that old school. Call it what you want. But listen, I know that's not part of his game, but I said the same thing to you. If that was my kid that did that and somebody came calling afterwards, yeah, I'd want him to take that fight.
0: Yeah, I would. Well, it was uh, it was, and and again, the st- just if, if no, the listeners... no, don't get me
1: wrong, I don't want to fighting Curtis McQuirman. <laughs> well,
0: well, that's where I was. Gonna, I was going to go now. Listen, Gabe, Gabriel
1: Landeskog's no slouch either, but that's their captain. That's a good player. I look at that exchange and I say, okay, McKinnon's out. You take Landeskog off for five. Maybe he hurts his hand. Maybe you know, you never know, right? Like, it, it's it's a good exchange. That's that's an equal exchange for me right there. And I know Landeskog is way more. Um, experienced in the fighting department but it's just you know what i know it's a totally different time bob so we're, we're kind of we're gonna, I'm, gonna ask, that,
0: I'm gonna ask uh, the listeners right now louis uh, you can text us on the ashley fine floors text line seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. so hall steps into mckinnon McKinnon's stick drills mckinnon in the head he's leaking all over the ice and he has to leave the game Uh, So collateral damage as a result of, you know, a hard play by Taylor. Should there have been an expectation of Taylor to have fought Gabriel Anaskog, the Avalanche captain, uh, you know, upon that happen? What do you think, fans? And and
1: here's the other other side of it, too. Like, from Taylor's perspective, he might be thinking to himself, you know what, we play the Avalanche one more time. I'm probably going to have to answer Nathan anyway. Maybe, maybe not. It's not like Nathan McKinnon's fighting that often anyway. But you know what? He has fought a few times before. He is kind of a really strong guy. And is that a fight that he takes? If Nathan McKinnon comes out the next time that Boston and Colorado play each other, and he taps him off the faceoff and says, let's finish this. Let's settle this. Does he take that fight? But but, but for sure, there's going to be some carryover. There's no question. There's still going to be some carryover to that. I just think that like, when you when you let those things fester is when they take on a life of their own you deal with it right away there's not there's not a whole lot you can do with it it's just but listen i'm telling i'm not i'm not going to sit here and and shame taylor hall for not taking the fight that's not what i'm trying to do here i'm you know listen he he's shown throughout his career he's not a dirty player yeah he gets involved with some things here and there but for the most part he's just playing a straight north and south game he's not messing around and yeah he hits the odd time he gets in a few scrums but very few you know what listen it's not part of the stage. So that was, very, that was out of his character, that kind of a hit. But I, if you look at it, I think he realized he had him and he didn't move. He just stayed in his position and just stood his ground. And unfortunately for McKinnon, he took the worst of that big time. Didn't see him coming. But... That's just my opinion. I think that if he would have dropped the gloves and grabbed onto him, Atlanta Scog, that is, then I think that they they dealt with it and it's over. You've given them the opportunity for redemption, and and you save face yourself putting the best player on their team out of the game.
0: Yeah. Well, it's an interesting one, Uh, you know, Louie. I remember a number of years ago, Taylor kind of low-bridged Jamie Benn and ben yep, chased yep. around the ice and i did not want taylor taking that like i with with all due respect to landeskog who's capable in fact i think ben and landeskog fought one time Ben, but, a great fight but ben's a great fighter and uh i did not I, I thought okay well that that's a a bit of a mismatch there uh this one to me you know spur of the moment you know get in a wrestling match get it over and done with again i like to know that's-
1: That's kind of what I'm saying. I'm not saying stand back and go toe to toe with Gabriel Landeskog, but you know what? The officials are going to be all over it. They're going to be right there because it's two players that don't typically fight. You know, I mean, Landeskog has shown that he's, you know, very willing to do that and step up for his teammates. But you know, for Taylor Hall, I think it'd be a second career fight, maybe third. Yeah. And you know what? Just if he just grabs him, he's strong enough to just grab on to him, hold on to him for dear life if you want to. And I think everybody'd say, okay. Good job, it's done. Yeah, but you know what? He had runs taken at him all game. Cross checks from Johnson drew another penalty, led to a five-on-three goal, which was undisciplined by the Avalanche, but it didn't pay off. They weren't able to hold on to that. So now you look at it, it's almost like a double kick in the face. But. Um, yeah, listen, I, I I looked at it and the more the more they started chasing him around, I said to my wife, I said, "Listen, I think that he should just grab onto somebody. Pick the guy you want to choose. you choose the guy you want to grab." Lana What if he grabs probably Jake? The guy.
0: What if he grabs Jake?
1: What do you mean if he grabs Jake? Sorry, I mean
0: Jake's on his team. I mean, what if Jake were playing, uh, theoretically, what if that were yep. what how would you feel if that were Jake? You beat well, I mean, I'll take a, They got Nazim Kadri on their team. And yep. Nazem, you know, Nazem took him right self right out of the series against Boston. Like, I'd say, what if that's your own kid? It is, you got a kid in the NHL who's had an incident that, frankly, Whoa. is worse, like what Kadri did. I mean, he got himself kicked out of the playoff series. Uh, two before years.
1: that, though, they had two run-ins before that where Jake got the upper hand yep. in the run-ins, too. And he kind of had that collision in the center ice that mm, it was close. I mean, he yeah, kind of clipped him. I I thought Kadri kind of sold it a bit. Yep. To be honest, but um just kinda like I thought he sold the interference call last night. But you know, I, I but it was interference, but he made sure it was interference. But but here's the thing. Um again that's for me it's it's about when you get your Retribution too. They won the series, so I, I consider Jake to have won that exchange. Yes. You know, sorry, but he took himself right out of the series. And you know what? That could have been a totally different series. They went seven games, two years in a row with the Leafs. Here we go. That could have that that could have been the deciding factor.
0: It, I think it was, and I, I I think Toronto could have got out of one of those two series. Well, look
1: what he's doing now. Look at the year cadre's having a this year. Player.
0: Yep. <laughs> Louie, just very quickly, because we're going to switch over to the orders. I, I got one more question on the abs, but, uh because it'll transition to the orders. Fletch from Calgary says, Tanner Hall's hit wasn't the cause of McKinnon's cut. It was McKinnon's stick. You get hit if you have your head down. Stop calling for a fight when it was necessary. So that's one perspective. Fletch from Calgary. JR from Calgary. Got
1: yeah, lots- you know how I feel about that perspective. No way. Yeah, Go away. yeah.
0: And, and, and JR from Calgary says, McKinnon was blown up a few times. Hall should have got his ass kicked. Revenge will be served cold next time. So there's your rage. Two guys from Calgary. Two guys from Calgary. Listen, Yeah, I get it.
1: Yeah. I get it. You know what? That's what I'm saying. Like, these, there's these people that want, you know, like, oh, why why should you have to stick up for somebody after a good, clean hit? Well, I'll tell you what. Line up with one of your best friends. Watch him get blown up in front of you, and you tell me how you react.
0: There you go. Uh, Louis DeBras joining us. Louis, uh, Colorado does have a player that you know I wanted the orders to add. I wanted Edmonton to get in this guy, the moment he got picked up in expansion by Seattle, because I I knew there was no way LA was ever going to trade him directly to Edmonton. Is Colorado? A You're different? talking about the big guy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and you know what? We got yeah. we got you and George on, and you both have been in that role. Uh, some people, myself included, might have said George was too nice in that role, but well, you know what I've noticed about. You know what I've noticed about McDermott? How's that computer? Did you turn it off? We, you, there. Anyhow, did you notice something I've noticed about McDermott? He's not very discriminate with who he goes after.
1: You know oh what's... no, no, that's he. He tried to go after Hall too. Um, listen, I think that that was a, a much needed position filled for the, the Avalanche. You know, when you look at the likes that they have on their team and the talent they have. They need to become a team that couldn't be pushed around. And, you know, listen, I I will go back to that. They ended up winning the game, which is a real good sign for the Avalanche, in my opinion, because I I do think they're a team that's really dangerous this year and can go on a real run. I, I think that the one thing they haven't had are the battles that the Bruins have had. You know, like, if you saw that, when that game got heated up, who kind of took over? It was the Bruins. They've been in those kind of wars before. They've been, you know, like, you're not going to intimidate the Bergerons, the Marchands, you know, even even Jake. You know, the playoff series that he's been through in the five years, and the type of game that they play, you start to lean on one another, they can withstand that. Now, in the end, they really pushed and I thought maybe sat back a little too much in the third period And the avalanche have a really high octane team even without Landis uh, without Tim McKinnon in the lineup they're dangerous they're 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 an offensive juggernaut they can put points up they can run and gun with you they're fast they have great defense maybe the best defenseman in the game right now in Kel McCarr so you know it's it, it was interesting to see them kind of claw back into that game and, and make it a game tie it went in overtime but you know they still need to be tougher. And I, and I like the fact, you know, Jared Bednar's a guy that I fought back in the days. You know, we, we we tussled one time. We were both down in the International Hockey League. And, you know, he's a big, strong defenseman. He was a tough guy. He was a good team guy. He understands the concept of having someone to make sure to do the job of being a policeman out there and letting people know that if you're going to take liberties on our guys, then I have the green light to come out here and do what I need to do. Now, I like the fact that he didn't take a terrible penalty on Taylor Hall. Like you can only push so far. If a guy doesn't want to fight, I mean, and getting to the point of other people, trust me, players have the just the choice not to fight. They cannot fight. So for all those people that don't think you should have to fight after a clean hit, you don't have to. You don't have to. The rules protect you. They, they absolutely 100% do. And it's the reason they're there. What I can tell you, the reason we're having a conversation about it today is because this is still an emotional, physical game and this is part of it. This is what creates that excitement. And it certainly created a tone last night in that game that I don't think anybody was turning away from the screen. Once they started to watch it, no, because I... that's what makes it, that's what makes it exciting. There's high skill. It's fast. It's physical. It's nasty. It was like a playoff game. And it turned out to be a pretty darn good game. Lots but of... yeah, I, you know what? I like McDermott, you know what? Listen, I, we've talked about him a lot. And I think, you know, for a big guy, uh, I think he's mobile enough to play minutes. I think he scored a goal last night. You know what? He, it was a big goal for his team. You know, that one goal, and then the two after, they they needed to win the game. Um, so he gets on the board, and that's that's kind of the key in the whole thing is you have to still be able to play. You have to be able to eat up some minutes. You have to still have a role. But there's no question having a big heavyweight like that on your team makes everybody a little bit bigger.
0: Louie, uh, think of the playoffs last year when Perry clattered into uh, Tavares and Tavares got knocked in the next week, and that was scary. And Perry Perry answered the bell and fought Felino after, right? And that was. Right away. Right away. So it was over and done with. um, So, what's your answer to Corey Perry?
1: That's the thing. I mean, he's a thorn in your side all the time. I respected
0: respected Corey so much for taking that. Yeah. Went to another cup final last year. I mean, this is a guy that
1: has found a way to continue to be in the fabric of the game. He's just always in kind of that. He's always had terrific hands. He's always been a guy around the net. I mean, he was a prolific scorer, won the Art Ross one year. Like, I mean, this is a guy that uh, was it Art Ross or Rocket Richard? One or the he other. The, I think he, he won, won Rocket, the Rocket Richard. Richard. yes. Yeah, Rocket Richard. But, you know, like, for so for him, he, he, later in his career, he knows what he has to do. He still has to be that gritty, call him dirty, <laughs> agitating player and back it up. He's hey, never been afraid to back
0: it up. Last night, uh, Bakersfield Condors t- st- talking about stepping up for one another. Uh, I think it was Devin Brasseau scored a couple. One, one of the Condors players got blown up with it. Luke Esposito is only five foot nine, five foot ten. Straight over, right away, dropped the gloves and fought a guy that was six foot two, like a five foot ten guy. Luke's on an eight, like he's on an AHL deal. He's not on an NHL contract where he's supposed to be looking after. The younger guys on his team, he stepped up because that's sort of a, a bit of the team culture they have there. Well,
1: uh, that wants to stay in the lineup, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. It's funny because we have a conversation about this all the time, and people that I talk to, even in today's day and day and age, they're always talking about toughness. They're always talking about grittiness. They're talking about guys that stick up for one another. And you look around the league, and the best teams have that. The best teams have that. Do the orders have, have that an, dimension do, on their team? Do the Oilers do have? They an, have they might not have enough of it. I don't. I, I I start to question that at times when they start to get pushed around. Do they have enough of that? Hundred percent. I think that's something they're going to need to address. I think they want to get bigger. They want to get stronger. They want to get harder to play against. But again, it doesn't. It doesn't necessarily have to be the super heavyweight. I, I honestly think that you can have that with the team that you have as long as everybody's buying in. It's like a pack mentality. You're stronger in numbers, but you have to know that everybody's on board. You know, if everybody's on board and he's going to play that way, then you can push back and you can scrum. And, again, it doesn't have to be dropping the gloves. Like, I, you know, there wasn't a fight. There wasn't a fight in the game last night. But I think we all know who pushed back the most. It was the avalanche.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, Louis. uh, We're waiting for something to happen on the Evander Kane front here could be closing in on Evander Kane, and it sounds like there's going to be a decision made by the National Hockey League shortly. Um, theoretically, purely theoretically, how would, uh, if the Oilers ended up getting Evander Kane, how would that impact their lineup?
1: Well, I think it has the potential to be a huge impact. I mean, he led the San Jose Sharks in scoring last year. This is a 30-goal score. You know, a 30-goal score, you're just adding to your lineup of already highly skilled top nine. So, I mean, it has potential to take off. It really does. And I think that's why it's so intriguing. From a a purely hockey move, (laughs) it's a no-brainer for me. I look at that and say, okay, you know what? This is a guy that can step in. He's going to add some of the jam that we just talked about. He's not afraid to ruffle some feathers out there. He's a little vocal. Um, You know, he's a power forward. You know, there's no question about it. We've seen Evander Kane play a knot. You heard Duncan Keith talk about it today, about the fact that he's a hard guy to play against. When he wants to play the game and he's ratcheted up and he's skating, working, he's a prolific scorer, but he's also a physical presence out there, which we just talked about maybe is lacking a little bit. That's something they can certainly add to their lineup. So if it does happen, I think from the players' reactions or excited. Zach Hyman talked about a little bit today as well. This is a guy you can add to your lineup. And, uh, you know, I go back to what Duncan Keith said. First and foremost, we're going to treat him like anybody else that comes new to our team. And that's the one thing, being on many teams in my career, having, you know, guys that have been traded jump onto the team midway through. It's a fresh start with you and that perspective player he's coming onto the team you're going to welcome him with open arms and then from that point on in time it's about what he does for that team what he does on the ice and how he behaves and i think that's what the Oilers are hoping that evander Kane, if it does come to fruition which it looks like it's going to can come in here and just uh, get a clean start with the team and, and see what he can do
0: louie great stuff thanks for joining us here in Oilers now Okay, Bob, take care, bud. 1254 in Edmonton. We'll return with the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers and get to some of your texts. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Angie Quinnell joining us, joining you. Thank you for joining us. 1255 in Edmonton. And uh, we're going to go to the Ashley Five Floors text line at 7804960063. Brad in Grand Prairie says, Bob, it seems odd that players get challenged after a clean hit. That just started a few years ago. The players getting hit need to take responsibility as well. Clean hit, take a number and keep going. Seems like a childish behavior because you don't like getting hit. Elbow comes up or the stick, something dirty, then I agree, go after the guy. But a clean hit should not require a fight that one comes to us from brad again you can text us at 780-496-0063 bob nobody does anything when uh, mcdavid is run i see scrums in every team i watch play except the edmonton Oilers. so annoying i know what you like bob comrades on the ice still gotta uh stick up for each other i wouldn't use the word comrades kind of has a a communist influence to it doesn't it from like you know i don't know maybe it was a russian revolution course i took back in 1917 again you can text us at 780 63 uh bob what are the odds of evander kane playing against montreal well theoretically what would have to happen is the league would make need to make their ruling today the orders would need to file a contract uh maybe have an availability in, Kane would have to theoretically be in Montreal. I do know he's skating uh, very early in the morning uh, in Vancouver. And uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Oh, to the orders Now Injury Report at 1257 in Edmonton. The injury report is brought to you daily by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. We can tell you that Mike Smith is uh, did not practice with the main group today. That is not a good thing uh, if you're a fan of the Edmonton Oilers, which means Uh, that he likely will not be back before the All-Star break. Edmonton tonight at home against Nashville, Saturday in Montreal, Monday in Ottawa, Wednesday in Washington. Tyson Berry, upper and lower body issues out for the Edmonton Oilers as well. Uh, Do they have anybody in COVID protocol? No, they do not. Uh, Not in terms of the, uh, they've got one staff member in COVID protocol right now, but not uh, in terms of the coaching. And nor uh, in terms of the players as Zach Hyman came out of uh, protocol. Dante Fabro, an impressive uh, defenseman for the Predators organization, uh, is out week to week with an upper body challenge. And Eli uh, Tolvanen, uh, Tolvanen, is in COVID protocol for the Nashville Predators. Twelve fifty eight. We'll get off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell, Kevin Weeks coming up at one oh five. George Larock at one thirty five. And you're listening to Oilers Now.
1: Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad.